This is Formula SAE FastCast, the official podcast of the Formula SAE series. Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of Formula SAE FastCast. This is going to be the official podcast of Formula SAE. I'm Amanda Petrakowski, University Program Developer at SAE International. And today I'm joined by Kaylee Zundel, Program Manager for Formula SAE, and Martha Tress, the Sponsorship Manager for Formula SAE, along with all of our other CDS events. First, I want to welcome you to our very first podcast episode. We're going to be putting out um, about a dozen episodes throughout the year, so about once a month. We may get a few more around competition season, but the topics are all going to be generated by your input as well as the survey results that we had uh, done previously in November. And we're hoping that throughout the season, you guys can provide your feedback and let us know how we're doing and if there's things that would be more interesting for you. The podcast is all about you. So please feel free to email us at collegiatecompetitions.sae.org with any feedback. And we hope that these are going to be useful for you. Formula is such a unique competition and there's nothing out there that exists like the formula competitions in terms of producing engineers that go into the real world and do amazing things. And we have so many alum to prove that. So hopefully this is just another addition to an already uh, amazing competition and we hope you'll join us for the journey. We'll be available for subscriptions on both iTunes and Stitcher. You'll also be able to find it on Facebook. We'll be posting it there as well. So please take a moment to go and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you prefer. And make sure you're also following us on Facebook so that you can get the updates as soon as the podcast get released. Today, we're going to be talking about all the amazing things that are coming up in 2017. Kaylee has planned some really amazing changes, and I think that we are going to get some really good feedback from it. I, we've, I mean, honestly, a lot of the changes have been as a direct result of feedback from students and from faculty advisors and volunteers and even from some sponsors. So please answer those surveys at the end of the year. That's where a lot of these changes come from. Um, we really do listen to them, and everyone on the CDS staff reads every single comment that comes through. So, um, hi, Kaylee. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> so thanks for joining us today. We're going to be going through some of those changes. I know some of these are going to be specific to each competition. So if you're only attending one of the competitions, don't feel left out. I promise we have some other stuff for you further down in the episode. So let's start with Michigan. What changes are we going to see in May in Michigan? So probably the most notable one is um, one that caused us a lot of grief this past year with the uh, Friday Dynamic events. We are going to be actually expanding all the event times. Uh, Last year what happened is um, we tried something new. We reduced running two skid pads to one um, moved acceleration out to the front um, drag strip, and and then that way we could have autocross set up um, the whole day, even though we didn't run it till the afternoon. But uh, one of the things that we didn't account for when we did make these changes is that we actually did not account for a 20% increase in the teams actually running the vehicles on track. We planned um, what we thought was a good plan um, based on the previous year's finishing times, how many cars had run through, et cetera. Even though we had problems, we would have been successful with our plan if we hadn't seen that 20% increase. 
And so now, so we can account for that 20% increase based on some of the feedback that we received from students and actually even our volunteers, we try to cram a lot into that one day. So what we're going to do is all the events, the acceleration, skid pad, and autocross uh, will still be set up in the same locations that they were last year. We will remain with one skid pad um, simply just because even though there were teams that we had at the end of the day that didn't get their runs in. We still had more teams complete their runs than any previous year that we had with the two skid pads. So it it will work. It's just a matter of um, expanding the time just because the layouts of the events are actually pretty far apart. So we will start with, I believe... Acceleration is going to be like the first thing, like at nine, and then there's like a, the other one will start at nine thirty, and then the other one will ten o'clock. So there's going to be that staggered starting, but they will all go until five o'clock. But there will be the hard shutdown for five o'clock. We we actually posted something about this back in November for our students on the the news page, so they can always reference that uh, news article. And uh, one of the things that we actually highlighted in that news article too is a change in the drivers' meeting, which was another big thing that we you know got some negative feedback for was just the amount of information and the time that it takes. And and we understand that. We really do. Um, we've actually tried numerous times to try to reduce it. Last year, unfortunately, was just kind of a perfect storm. We had the horrible weather. We had to cram everybody into that small room. But we actually had shortened the presentation from the year before. Um, it just didn't feel like that because the atmosphere we were in. But uh, something we're going to try this year is we're going to actually have all our event captains pre-record it as a WebEx that we can turn into a video that will be available online. It will be the responsibility of every team to watch that. But that doesn't replace the mandatory meeting on site. We will still have that mandatory meeting to go over anything that does change based on that presentation, as well as for you know new students, new drivers to ask questions because they will be held responsible for any you know any issues that are on track, you know black flags or et cetera. So this year is really just some fine tuning, making sure there's no more excuses for teams to to not be able to get their runs in, and we'll see how that goes. Did you get feedback on the surveys from about the timing? Is that where this is coming from? Yes. Um, we actually, I mean, I, I will second Amanda's previous um, comment about making sure you, you provide us feedback on these surveys because the layout that we did this past year was actually a direct result of feedback. If you've been, if you're a team who's been to, to Lincoln, you're very familiar with the ability of our Lincoln event site having all the events laid out for several days. You can take your time walking the events, the tracks. You know, that was one of the things that was expressed from the 2015 season that we changed for 2016 in Michigan. Along with the break, you know, they wanted, there was a lot of negative feedback with the break, the old break area not being the same surface as what the track is. So that's why it's moved out to the middle of the the um, the infield now. And and break or the practice area wanting a lot more, you know, room to have a little bit more fun, not have to just drive, you know, in circles and, and, and be able to do a little bit more like we do in Lincoln. So to make all that um, happen, we actually had to revise the layout a little bit. Um, and based on feedback this year, the layout was well received. The only negative thing was the timing that between acceleration and skid pad, we did not allow for enough time based on the distance that the two events are at. And though, you know, as SAE and as our volunteers, event captains, we can disagree with that to an extent because it's 
it, it did provide enough time with the extended hours of skid pad based on the previous 2015 years cars completing the runs. Like I said, this year we saw in 2016, we saw 20% increase of vehicles running. So based on that, we did not have enough time. So we're going to try expanding it to the max capacity. One thing I should say that's important for students is if they hear numerous calls coming over the PA system about, you know, acceleration having no business or, you know, it's been an hour since the skid pads had any customers, we will take that into consideration for our volunteers because they're going to be out there for a very long day too. So one of the things I don't think our students sometimes realize is our volunteers, they may be local to Michigan, but they're not local to the Brooklyn area. A lot of them are driving up from Detroit or driving out from, you know, Dearborn or Warren or wherever, you know, a lot of the companies exist. So their, their day can be starting earlier than what the opening gates are of the site. Yeah, we have that problem in Baja a lot where competi- or the dynamic events are open all day long, but teams, you know, we'll, there will be two and a half hours in the morning where there's no one in line for two or three dynamic events. So everyone wants to get their acceleration and run in first. We get that. However, You know, opening it all day leads to a possibility that teams are going to delay, 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 wait for better weather, wait for better weather. And then at the end of the day, there's still 75 cars in line. So that's just a warning. You know, yes, we're opening up that time to allow for more teams in, but that certainly is not a reason to wait. We still want everyone to get their runs in. So. Yeah, and actually with that, um, you know, just like this year, our dynamic event captains who were responsible for, um, you know, making the changes of the layout and the times and everything last year, we got together already, you know, this year, and that's what um, was decided for the 2017 schedule with expanding the times and things is because we've looked at the data. You know, we will do the exact same thing after the 2017 season. So if teams are delaying, it's really going to only hurt themselves in the future in two ways, really. It's going to hurt them because if they are delaying and waiting for that perfect moment to to drive, and I get it, I, I do understand it, but if they are waiting, you know, there's still always that possibility that five o'clock that cone goes down it says we're done they could be that next car in line it has happened but then it could also you know um, cause issues for the 2018 event because we'll look at the data and say oh only you know 65 percent of the field actually ran this year so we can reduce the times you know especially if it's hard on our volunteers if we have another day like endurance in 2016 where it was sleeting and hailing on our volunteers that's a long day for those you know to be asking our volunteers to be sitting out in that weather. So that's just stuff that um, myself as an organizer and and my event captains, like we need to take into consideration of that kind of stuff for our volunteers. So yeah, so we will be revisiting after the 2017 events, all the data. Again, we have our scorekeeper, um, Steve Sayovitz, he is phenomenal in capturing all that numerical data that we could, that we need to look at. So it's, it's, um, it's, he's really astronomical help in that. So yeah, it sounds like the decision for 2016 as well as 2017 was both data-driven and uh, feedback-driven. So maybe those are the keys, right? So, All right. So something else that's new coming to Michigan, I'm going to let Martha take over. I think you guys are going to be really excited about this one. We're really excited about it, and we think that it could be a game-changer. So, Martha, what do you got? Hi, Amanda. Hi, everybody. So what we have this year is we're trying something out. So this is going to be the first run. 
And we're calling it the Sponsor Skill Shops. These are going to be occurring on Wednesday and Thursday at Formula SAE in Michigan. And so far, everyone seems, all the sponsors are really excited about this and they're getting together their titles and their descriptions. And they're going to be a 90-minute session where the students can go into a suite and actually listen to a presenter. So a couple of the topics already in from Human Solutions, we have designing the vehicle around the driver. Who doesn't want to know how to do that for the following year, right? Altair Engineering is going to do optimization, driving your winning design. Who doesn't want to be having a winning design? And Cooper Tire and Rubber, they're really stepping it up this year. They're going to do vehicle dynamic testing, use of testing for vehicle design. So that sounds really exciting. A lot of suspension tied to that one. And McLean Fogg. Who would have thought? The nuts and bolts about fastening. <laughs> Threaded Fasteners 101. So that's just a snippet of what's to come. And as soon as I get all of the sponsors' information and their titles and the descriptions and who's going to be presenting, we're going to put together a schedule and get that out to all of you so that you can register for it. And that's, again, Wednesday and Thursday. So this is going to be free to the students? Absolutely. It's just something that we want to give more value back to you students and connect you with those sponsors that might have some content that you could use. Yeah, and we have those beautiful suites at Michigan International, so might as well use them, right? Absolutely. And will students sign up online or will it be on-site signups or? We're going to start with online registration so that we know how many are attending each, but then we can also take signups on, on site, but we're really going to push it out through online registration. Perfect. Sounds like technology might be a theme here this year. Absolutely. <laughs> so one thing to probably add to that, Martha, is um, each suite does have a capacity, right? So we will have a limited number of seats available for each session. Thanks for adding that, Kaylee. I, I didn't think to put out there that we have specific seating for those. So it's, it is going to be limited seating. Sounds like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity right now, at least this year. Um, so Cool. Sounds like this also came as a direct result of feedback. Students wanting to get a little bit more education out of it. And, you know, Formula is really has a unique thread going through a lot of the teams that they bring a lot of the underclass students to come and just watch. Right. This is a perfect thing for those students to be doing, getting some more knowledge. You know, whenever you said um, the McLean Fogg one, you know, threaded fasteners 101. Well, that might seem a little bit elementary to to a senior or fifth year student who's been on the team for four years, but that's a perfect session for a sophomore or junior to be attending. So that's really cool. As we get more sessions in, we're going to be posting them. So watch on Facebook and the news feed for that. Um, we'll be doing a more expanded podcast on this as some of the information comes in for March. So stick around for that. Um, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher to uh, make sure you don't miss out on that one. So is that all we got for Michigan specific? I think so. Yeah, I think um, one of the only other things to really kind of mention, um, which is still very much in the early planning stages, you know, the registration, you know, in, in past years, Tuesday has always been limited to a um, the green light teams only. But uh, this year, all teams must be required to be green light. So um, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. So one of the things that we are going to do um, for Tuesday as a direct result of something we want to change on Wednesday is we will actually open up 
we haven't decided quite the hours yet. I want to I want to say we were tossing around like three to seven p.m. on Tuesday. Definitely in the evening, late afternoon, evening. Yeah, just before the dark. Before dark, though. So, um, but we are going to open up the site to allow teams to register um, as they would on on a Wednesday morning. Only instead, this time it's it's Tuesday. The caveat, though, is that you will need to park your trailer in your paddock, a spot that you are assigned, and leave it there overnight. But you will have the the ability to then just kind of, you know, relax in the morning, don't have to stay in line overnight, try to get a paddock assignment. Um, But also, as a result of that, Honda will be sponsoring some breakfast for you because we are actually going to relocate the Honda welcome ceremony to Wednesday morning. And part of this is because we want to be able to kick off the skill shops Wednesday as well. Typically, there's always some downtime between registration and when the take a number and, and tech line starts. So this was a key opportunity for us to really kind of manage the time on site a little bit better. For some of us, it was kind of always silly that we were having the welcome ceremony at night at the end of the day. So now we're going to try it. Um, we're going to kick off the day on Wednesday with it. So our hope is that we'll get most of the teams paddocked on Tuesday and registered so that you can just come in Wednesday morning, grab a seat in the main tent, grab your breakfast, and we can start the, uh, start the event with kicking off the welcome ceremony. So that's a pretty big sponsor change, Martha. It totally is. Honda was really excited. They, they had kicked off talked, talking about it last year and said, why is it that we have the welcome ceremony on Wednesday evening. So we kind of uh, looked at some different options. So we'll be looking at Panera breakfast sandwiches to uh, give to the students instead of the pizza delivery that we maneuvered for so many years. Looking forward to that change. Yeah, so that's really going to be a game changer for students' time management. Um, All of a sudden, in the driver meeting, we're still going to have in the evening, right, Kaylee? Yeah, the driver's meeting will still be in the evening and, and the team cap. Well, actually, I, I don't know, honestly. we The team captain meeting, which usually always kind of immediately follows the welcome ceremony, will probably still be there just because, again, there's a lot of information that we're giving out for the team captains and, and really any student member that wants to stay there that you know, again, at the end of the day, it doesn't quite make sense why we're doing that. But the driver's meetings typically won't start until um, Thursday morning and then Thursday evening. So there's an opportunity, though, that we can actually kick off the the um, Thursday morning events now, having their driver's meeting Wednesday evening, so that there's a little bit less, you know, hustle and bustle in the morning and, and getting things organized and, and running. So event captains can be out at their events getting their volunteers, you know, in position and getting things, getting ready to get started so that we actually do open on time. So like I said, there are a lot of different possibilities, um, but the driver's meeting for the Thursday morning um, events, which is really just the break noise tilt kind of things, that is something also that we are possibly going to move to an online pre-recorded session as well, but it doesn't eliminate the mandatory meetings still. Anything else, Martha? Any major sponsor changes? Oh, for Michigan, we have a couple new ones coming in this year. Holly Performance, which is a usually at uh, SEMA kind of show. So we're looking forward to hosting them. Peterbilt is coming in. And Roush is going to do acceleration. So those are the three new ones at this point. And we've got a lot of changes from existing sponsors that are changing it up this year. Like Akibono is going to do the break. And Molly is going to do... The practice track, Magna is going to do autocross, so a lot of changes there. We also have uh, the SolidWorks shirts are still going to be there at both events. However, 
we really changed them up this year based on your feedback. Again, I'm going to touch base with what Amanda and Kaylee have both said. The feedback really does something. So keep filling out those surveys. So we've changed the design of the shirts and, and everybody else is coming back in a big way. Um, for Lincoln Cooper Tire is going to do endurance sponsor. We've never had an endurance sponsor at, at Lincoln, so that's exciting. And I need to remind everybody, you need some money. There are awards out there, specialty awards out on Michigan's page. Get out there and apply for those. You could be winning some extra money. And don't forget about the equipment suppliers, too. They're sponsors as well, and they're giving away items. So get out there on those pages. So lots of new changes and lots of exciting stuff. So it seems like our sponsors are coming in big, you know, proving once again that these are the students they want to hire moving forward. So that's awesome. We have some technology changes coming this year, Kaylee. We've really invested in technology heavy in the last few years for formula. So what do we got new this year? It's definitely going to be new to Michigan. Uh, Last year, we actually tried our mobile scoring out at Lincoln. And we had a few problems, mostly because the temperatures were astronomically hot, kind of melted some of the boxes. But we don't have that problem in Michigan, right? Instead, we have the opposite temperature. Our our developer of this him and his staff have been working, um, making some changes so that we do not run into problems both in Michigan and Lincoln. We will be using it again in, in Lincoln as well, but um, it will be new for Michigan. And basically, um, the, the big change is instead of you know using the timing lights that we've had in past events, past years, we'll actually be using RFID tags that uh, will be capturing the uh, the times for the students uh, running their vehicles. Endurance will still require the uh, transponder, though. So for teams who have went to Lincoln last year, um, if you actually still have the RFID tag and can find it, you can actually use that again this year. SAE's goal is we will produce um, one uh, RFID tag for every team this year. So all the teams in Michigan this year will get one. And then Lincoln, based on um, the needs, you know, any new teams, we'll definitely get some teams that were there last year who didn't listen to us and save their RFID tag. We'll we'll try to give another one, too. Um, Obviously, we don't want to get in the habit of reproducing RFID tags every single year. They are pretty uh, lifelong lasting. So as long as they're taken care of, we can continue to use them year after year. But all this will be tied to what we call the mobile scoring Um, And this is a website, basically, feature software that you can visit on any uh, mobile-friendly device or laptop, etc. It will be tied directly to your team's account. So as a team, you'll be able to go in, see your account. You can see the kind of like the leaderboards that we call. So you can see who's kind of in the running. And something new, though, that um, is going to be affiliated to this app that was not available in Lincoln is the Tech Manager app. And this will be rolled out in Michigan, but also utilized in Lincoln as well. Last year, we did have the Take a Number, you know, app that teams used in Lincoln, which was, you know, great. It kind of saved people from having to go up and, you know, hold on to that piece of paper number. It was just, you know, a number that was viewed online and on the website. This year at Michigan, all the tech areas, so whether it's the mechanical scrutineering, the tilt, the brake, each time as you go through the area and you pass that dynamic event captain or tech leader, you know, or just the general volunteer who's assigned the role, 
will actually be able to utilize the system from our back end and show that you passed. So at any time, any student competitor, any volunteer, any event captain out at the dynamic events can all see how many cars have passed each stages of the tech so that we know what we're possibly waiting on to be running at dynamic events. You know, it's kind of cool to have that feature this year, hopefully eliminate a lot of the radio conversations that we're always asking to see where, you know, typically break because they're the last one, how many cars they haven't seen yet. Then that takes us back to mechanical scrutineering of, okay, between your numbers and break, how many are we missing? So, so that will be kind of exciting for that. So two things I wanted to mention, the RFID tags, for those of you who were not at Lincoln last year, you'll get those at registration. So don't, don't worry about that. Registration will have them. We'll give you one. Um, And like Kaylee said, it's going to be something that moving forward after 2017, we're going to continue to use. So make sure that after 2017, you do keep on, you do keep a hold of it. No excuses, you're being told. And I'm sure it'll be mentioned at all the meetings too. And then the other thing was we often get comments about using social media as a way to communicate during the competitions and teams that are either... Uh, not local to the U.S. or or even the, the region don't have um, cell service in the area. One of the really cool things about the scoring website is that it's on a local network. So even if you don't have cell service in the area, you'll still be able to access this website. It's going to be a local website. We'll be providing a local network and the password. More information will be coming so you'll know how to get onto it. So no worries on that. Um, it's actually – the local site is actually faster – than the public site to upload. So I know that from the Baja side. So that's a really cool addition. And, and honestly, something that I get, I see on Facebook every year that we should be doing live scoring. So it's here and it's happening. So bear with us. It's our, it's like our half year birthday coming into Michigan. So on this, so Michigan, it'll be the first time we're running it in Michigan. And then hopefully a lot of those bugs will be worked out from the Lincoln experience last year, and we'll be able to move forward. But again, it's still our first time in Michigan, so bear with us on any um, issues that pop up. Yeah, and I think um, something to add to that, just based on the the Lincoln experience that we had last year, the the times that show up on the mobile scoring, uh, they're still uh, essentially unofficial because it's just collecting your actual time scored. So until I can have a you know one of you smart little you know students invent cones for me that can you know, process the data that's been hit by such car, um, we still have to do that manually. So that is a challenge. Yeah. So that that data will be entered, you know, after the fact, but at least you have an idea just based on the raw time where you're kind of standing. Um, And hopefully if your drivers are not, you know, cone happy, you know, it should be pretty, should be pretty legit. Um, But yeah, so that's just something to keep in mind. I that. In the very beginning at Lincoln, it caused a little bit of a panic, you know, when they were seeing the the raw times. Um, and then because we still posted paper copies just so we could see. Well, part of that was because we actually had an issue at our skid pad event that we had to do paper copy. But we still posted that just to have that backup system type thing. And, and it really caught students off guard that, hey, wait a minute, that wasn't my, that's not what it says online. And that's because uh, the time, you know, the cones that were hit or off course penalty, et cetera, depended on the event. The other thing to make actually to bring up about that then is um, because this year everything will be online, one of the cool features is we will still have, I think this year, we're still deciding whether we're going to have that official protest period. But this year, what you will have available, it's not a protest, it's a problem report. So 
if you, you know, run through, um, let's just say you do your skid pad and you notice, you know, you ran twice, but you notice your second score is missing, you know, you can put in a problem report right then and there. It says, hey, my time's not up. And that actually gives the uh, scorekeeper as well as the event captain notification. So they can actually be looking and resolving problems while the event is going on instead of having to wait till after the fact. So that's actually a pretty cool feature, I think, that will be a game changer for us too. Yeah, whenever we were looking at protests, there certainly are some valid protests, but a lot of it wasn't a protest at all. It was simply correcting an error that had been made during the day. So this process allows for those errors to not muddy up the protest period, as well as by the time that printout comes out, in theory, that should be pretty close. So again, we're putting the responsibility back on the students to be checking their scores, making sure they kind of jive what they've seen on the track and allowing our, like you said, there's going to be a team of people that are waiting for these problem reports to come in. And that will be directly contacting the team for more information if they need to, heading out to the course to talk to the event captain um, in between cars or whatever. So it's really a much more dynamic process that will be happening um, all as a direct result of having this raw data. So that's really a game changer for students. So, you know, it, it mitigates a lot of the stress that students take on. A lot of times I feel like students don't think we understand that um, from the administration side, but we really do. And one of the things that is cool about this technology is it's being built by a former competitor, right? It was in Baja, but, you know, at the same time, it's all the same. That stress of having the wrong result coming up after, you know, scores are, quote, finalized is super stressful, and we get that. So this is a cool way to mitigate that. So we do understand. We're working towards alleviating it. What other technology we got coming up? Well, for Michigan, nothing. We can transition over to electric. One of the things there is, um, you know, our energy meters. In past years, we've been lucky to be able to rent them from another competition series. However, the past two years, it's been increasingly more difficult for our staff and our volunteers on site to get them in a timely manner. So, um, Because there's so many competitions using them at this point, right? There are. And, and you know, just getting things into U.S. Yeah. Customs, customs anymore yep. is, is not easy. So for just that simple, you know, um, tidbit there, you know, that, that, that reason there. Um, we just felt it was best, um, for our purpose, you know, to, you know, to develop our own energy meters. Um, the electric event doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. Um, in In fact, fact, the opposite, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, it's, 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 you know, the interest is growing. So working with our, our, our tech lead, uh, Danny Bocci, who is, you know, my, my skill (laughs) set for all things electric. He is actually working with another volunteer that is from General Motors, and they have been kind of throwing back some ideas on developing the energy meter last year. And then this year, um, in 2016, since we didn't get the energy meters, which actually resulted in us in having to run electric cars during the endurance event with no energy meter. You know, it was funny because there, there was actually a lot more teams were upset about that than I thought there would be. But uh, we don't want that situation to happen again. So we've actually moved forward with the development of the energy meter. I want to say, again, back in November timeframe, we released kind of a preliminary what to expect. It will definitely be different than what we used in years past. Keep looking for that information definitely as we get more concrete 
you know, it, we will be throwing out there what it is. We're actually, you know, kind of tossing up the idea. And maybe this isn't a good time for you as, as the electric student teams to be thinking about um, the use of the energy meter from your personal side. We've been kind of toying around the idea of producing these so that teams who are going to participate in future electric events could actually have these back at the university and test with all year long. And then when it comes to the event site, you know, we would be able to, from the administration side, lock down, you know, the software, et cetera, so we could have it for our purposes. That's one of the reasons why, you know, the design kind of, that design phase has taken has taken a little bit longer, I think, than what we anticipated, because that's that's one thing that we keep kind of thrown up into, you know, in, into the conversation. But for this year, that will not be an option. So the energy meter that we are developing will be fairly simple and for use on site. But that said, at the same time, um, because these are going to be newly produced right before the event, our hope is that we will actually have maybe a team or two with their car fully developed and ready to go and running a month be, you know, before the competition that we can maybe send an energy meter or two out to so that we could test it. That is also a challenge. That is a challenge, yes. I mean, our, our initial thought was hopefully these energy meters will be, or at least the main one, will be produced before our snowmobile competition because we have an electric class there. So our thought was maybe we could test it there. But it's such a just it's just a different atmosphere um, in which the competition, the vehicles themselves are run. So we're not sure if that will be ideal. Um, another opportunity that we possibly have is, you know, working with um, organizers from Formula North, even though they're they're not a competition that SAE will directly, you know, uh, recognize. We are starting to work a little bit more closer together on things. So maybe that is an area where we can send our meters up there and get them tested up there, too, if we can't find um, a team that's ready locally to wherever, you know, um, the uh, volunteer can be, you know, et cetera. So as far as so that's that's what we have new for Lincoln as far as technology. Obviously, we'll be rolling out the um, mobile scoring and everything um, in Lincoln again. You mentioned electric was not going away anytime soon. No. <laughs> this year, we noticed a little bit of an increase in teams, huh? We did, yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, so last year, if you remember last year, um, our cap used to be at 20. And, um, you know, I got a real nice letter last year from a number of teams asking if we could increase it. Um, and uh, honestly, the the drop rates for the electrics um, weren't as high of a turnover, I would say, or easily turned over as some of the other events that we have where if uh, the structural equivalency spreadsheets missed and 10 days later that team still hasn't responded, we can easily kick out. Um, the Some of the documents for the electric um, competition are a little bit more complex. So, you know, we were giving due to the new the new nature of the competition and maybe a little bit of a lack of the knowledge on the student um, participation side because a you know, surprisingly, a lot of them are not electrical engineers. They're mechanical engineers interested in learning the electrical engineering side. So, you know, we were, I don't want to say holding hands a little bit more so, but we were definitely trying to be a little bit nurturing. More, yeah, we were try, trying to be a little bit more lenient on it and more guiding them. Um, you know, last year we had even, um, you know, thrown out and created several um, 
recorded WebEx sessions for them, um, which is something that we'll probably do again this year based on how we see things are needing. So we scrounged up enough volunteers to allow that increase. Um, and so we ended up letting in 16 additional teams. Basically opened up the reg list or the wait list. Anybody yeah. on the wait list got in. Yep. Yep. Because um, we figured there would still be some teams dropping out. And so we, we did do that. We had 36 teams registered. But when it came to the actual competition, we saw just, I think, just over 20. I think we had like maybe 23 physically on site. So it's a lot of work. And unfortunately, we didn't have some of the volunteers that we recruited last year wanting to come back this year. So when we set out to put our numbers this year, we knew we had to increase it from 20. But what was that magic number? Wasn't 36, in my opinion. So we thought we'd just go for the the 10. We would do 10 more. So we stopped at 30. Um and then we ended up getting like, I think, 43 total with additional wait list. But we're down to, I think, not even like five on the wait list now. So 30 seems to be a good number right now. We'll see. I mean, I know there's a goal of SAE to still eventually have this event, its own competition, uh, not tied to a internal combustion class. So that's something that we're still thinking about too. But a lot of infrastructure takes needs to happen with that to take place. So Right now, we're still trying to focus on getting more experienced volunteers for the electric for that to even happen. So so another plea for students to graduate, <laughs> go into industry, and come back. Yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> the electric and electrical engineers, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We definitely use the, the, the knowledge of uh, the electrical engineers coming back. And it's not even just for the on-site operations. It's also for the, docu- the document review. I mean, the students who are going through the process now can see and understand how, I don't want to say tedious, but how time-consuming it can really be because you really have to think about, you know, the design and the safety aspects. And then you have to be able to prove that to the volunteers, you know, the industry professionals who are reviewing your information. So, yeah, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a time-consuming role to volunteer in. But I am finding with a few passionate ones that I have, you know, it's, it's definitely rewarding if that's something you want to do. So, One of the big changes we have across the entire CDS series this year is a change in the registration process. So in the past, we've gone through a few uh, different registration processes of the, since I've been here in the four years that I've been here. So this is probably the biggest one. A couple years ago, we introduced fast track registration that allowed students the opportunity to do all the work ahead of time send one or two people up to the reg desk, get them all checked in, get all their deliverables, and and head back to the paddocks. This year, we are actually requiring that all teams that come to the registration desk are green. That means that all of your student members are on there affiliated with their emergency contact information and all their information filled out, and your faculty advisors are on there affiliated with their emergency contact information, everything else filled out. So... In theory, there should be no handwritten people on that roster. You might think this is us going a little overboard, but the fact of the matter is this is emergency contact information that is really what's driving this. Um, It's critical for us to be able to contact anybody who's on site as a competitor or a faculty advisor. We need to be able to contact their emergency contact if if, if something happens. With that said... The way we're going to be gently nudging you towards this is any handwritten members of the roster will not receive giveaways. That means no t-shirt, 
No lunches. No lunches. Yep. Nothing. And whatever else our essay giveaway is. So last year it was water bottles. So if this was happening last year, you wouldn't get a water bottle either. We're not sure what that is going to be this year. So we really want to make sure students are aware of this. You'll be seeing a major media blitz over the next few months to make sure this is very well communicated. We have made the process very, very, very simple for teams to become affiliated as well as print their roster, sign it. It's easy. If every team does it, the registration line will not be a line. It will be a small gathering in front of our table. Yeah, so look up for more information on that, but that's going to be the new process this year, and we know there's going to be a few teams that get burned by it. Unfortunately, this is just the way the the world is moving, and we need to make sure that everybody is safe on site. So, uh, Amanda, let's face it, when they get into industry, they have to follow guidelines, so this is no different than pushing out a guideline when you get to an employer. Yeah, the data and geek in me really wanted to take the last few years of reg data and correlate that to overall finishing in the competition. You know, we we know when a team shows up with a binder that's neatly organized, we know that that team is is a team that has their stuff together and we know that they're going to the chances of them doing well on the track are greater than the teams that come up and their onesie twosie bringing in the people, their, their team members, you know, local schools. I'm talking to you in Michigan. It's not going to work this year if you want to get things, which, you know, sure, T-shirt is a T-shirt. But we know that these are memories for you and they're mementos that students really love. And we are very happy to provide them, but we need you to do a little bit um, for us in, in this sense. So, hey, they're long sleeve shirts this year. They're, they're pretty That's right. awesome. So. That's right. Um, but no, on a serious note, I, I do want to add. That's for Michigan, not Lincoln. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lincoln's too hot. Um, <laughs> just to add to your um, your comment there, though, about the reg stuff. Um, so one of the things that I did notice. Now I haven't been doing registration necessarily the last couple of years since taken over from you know program manager side, but I still look at the data. And one of the things I really want to point out to teams, um, especially international teams. We understand mom or dad, you know, is in another country, but you still need to provide us that physical contact. We need, you know, somebody who, um, you know, and again, this is for everybody. Like, I understand you're 21 or 22, maybe you're only 19 or 18. So you might not see his mom and dad as being the individual who, you know, they should contact. Um, It still needs to be mom and dad or a legal guardian, not girlfriends, boyfriends, not even faculty advisor. Uh, It needs to be somebody that if you're in a serious accident, and we obviously hope that never happens, but there is somebody that's physically attached to you as a legal guardian that we can be contacting. It's not just for us. It's even, you know, if you're knocked on conscience, for instance, and we send you to the hospital, we need to have a legitimate number that the medical personnel at the hospital can be contacting as well. Please, please, please um, make sure you are putting mom and dad. Don't put, you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, best friends, brothers, sisters, unless they're legal guardians of you. International, don't worry about the long distance. I'll be happy to make that call. I mean, I won't be happy, but I'll be happy to dial a long distance versus, you know, using the burn phone that you guys are purchasing while in the U.S. just because your international cell phone doesn't work. So something else, Kaylee, is that rosters will be closing two weeks out this year. So competition starts on Wednesday. Two Wednesdays before that, you will no longer be allowed 
to edit your roster. You'll be able to print it just like you did last year and sign off on it as needed. However, it will be closed. No more additions, no more deletions. Now, deletions are easier on site to handle, right? This person's not coming. Mark them off. However, that means that whenever you're adding someone, you know, in the past, it's always been that 24-hour rule. It can take up to 24 hours to get it on. Well, now that 24-hour rule becomes two weeks. So yes, technically, the 24-hour still exists. As it may take up to 24 hours for that report to update. Um, but you will only be able to add to see if you did it right up to two weeks, uh, two weeks prior. So that is another really good point to point out. We're really not trying to make your life harder, but it allows us to do a lot more things, right? Kaylee mentioned earlier the possibility of early paddocking. Well, in the past, we would have to set a list a couple weeks out and say, yep, this is our list. And if students became, if teams became green in that time, they essentially missed out on that opportunity. So we're making it fair across the board this year, two weeks out, it'll get locked. So make sure that whoever's responsible for that on your team, whether it's your team captain or if you have someone that's handling um, some of the administrative stuff, make this a priority. It's really easy for everybody right now to go and affiliate. There's nothing stopping you from getting affiliated today. If you know you're going to competition, get on that roster. So one last thing I think we've saved the best for last, um, at least as an outsider, it is the cost module. What a big change this year. You know, we've gone from like the 1980s, maybe early 90s with some Excel spreadsheets, and now we're going to something that was custom built for Formula SAE. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, I actually forgot the, to mention that when we were talking about technology and um, part of that, I think, is because our next podcast that we're going to be doing is going to be focused specifically on the cost module. We'll have, um, you know, our volunteer, Bill Riley, who was kind of the visionary behind this, along with the developer, Mike Zeman, um, on the podcast and we'll give a little bit of history about it but yeah absolutely right so last year in 2016 we beta tested this with about 27 teams across Michigan and Lincoln and um, had a pretty successful beta so this year we're making it mandatory for all teams it doesn't eliminate the paper copy that'll still be required but you'll be able to print that off of the online system and I think the students using the online system will really uh, enjoy using this, hopefully. Um, we've tried to make it pretty user-friendly, but it definitely eliminates the need of having to look up in all those Excel spreadsheets because now all that data is in the, the software. So it's like going online and basically shopping. You know, you can be building your own, you know, for the, for the students here in the U.S., you know, you're familiar with the Kelly Blue Book or something, you know, you can go online and build your car you want and get an estimated cost. So kind of a similar feature, obviously more detail <laughs> for formula than, you know, just the interior color seats and things like that, that you would see on Kelly Blue Book. But that will be pretty exciting. You know, one of the reasons why we also wanted to have all teams using it this year is because even though we're going to still require the paper copies, that's for the judging side, because the judging side still needs to be built. So you know, hopefully in 2018, we'll be ready for the judging side to be on site and all online as well. So um, just stuff to look, continue to look forward to. Yeah, like Kaylee mentioned, that's what the next episode of the podcast is going to be. We've already recorded it. Um, I think it was pretty powerful and pretty informative. So also, let's be honest, that's an interesting group to to get in the tap into the brains of Bill and um, Mike, who's the brains behind a lot of these technology changes. So yeah, you can check out that podcast in February. It'll go live. 
I guess this is my uh, obligatory reminder to make sure you subscribe to iTunes and Stitcher and um, so you don't miss any of these episodes. And we will catch you on the next episode. Got anything else, Kaylee? I do not. All right. Stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to Formula SAE FastCats. As always, we want to hear from you, so email us at formulasae at sae.org. The show notes for this episode can be found at www.fsaeonline.com. Stay safe and we'll catch you next episode.